Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hello, Crossbridge. Oh, your eyes are smiling big, and I'm so grateful for that. I want to welcome, warm welcome for all of you in Peru, those in Ottawa, those online. Super excited. My name is John. Super excited to be kicking off a new series on hardcore values that we'll be walking through here in September and October. Four and a half years ago, my father-in-law, Bill, passed away. His body was cremated and a small portion of his ashes were spread at his two favorite sports stadiums where his two favorite sports teams play. One spot, some of his ashes are now at Yankee Stadium, home of the New York Yankees. The other spot was Lambeau Field where the Green Bay Packers play. A few... (laughs) A few months after Bill died, our daughter, Brooke, who was seven, eight years old at the time, she and I were in the car together. And out of nowhere, she said, Dad, would you like to be creamed like Papa was? (laughs) Brooke, that is an amazing, great question. I can't say I've thought a lot about it, so I'll have to get back to you. All of us throughout our lives are a part of organizations, a family, a church, a school, a business, a sports team. And every organization has decisions to make and actions to take. And we make those decisions and we take those actions based on three important organizational components. The first one is mission. Mission is our purpose. Why is it that we exist as a family? Why do we exist as a church? Whatever the organization is. The other component is vision. Vision is a picture of our preferred future. What do I see our marriage? Where do I want our marriage? What do I see a marriage, a family looking like down the road? Where is it that we're going as a a school or as a business or as a church? And the third component is values, which I will talk about in just a minute. I'm so grateful, so thankful that here at Crossbridge, we do not live on accident, we live on intention. Crossbridge, our mission is we exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Love that mission statement, love that purpose. The vision of Crossbridge is to be one church multiple locations. Right now there are three locations, Peru, there's Ottawa, there's online. Who knows, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, we'll still be one church with who knows how many locations. Mission tells us why are we on this journey. Vision tells us this is where we're going and values ultimately tell us how are we going to behave while we go on this journey together. So Crossbridge has eight hardcore values. Super, super excited in September and October to be walking through these. So 
I'm going to start by giving you just a few thoughts on the importance of having core values. Uh, our family, we have the Hauser core values. We have five core values for our family. So I want to share just a little bit about why core values are so important to any organization. And then one of my favorite examples of a young man named Daniel who lived out one of his core values, and I think it'll speak to all of us. First of all, good core values make you valuable. What you value makes you valuable. There is a worth based on external, oh, a wealth that's based on the number of square feet of our house or what neighborhood, the make or the model of our vehicles, our whether or not we have a boat and how many horsepower that motor is, you know, if we have a retirement account. So it's uh, wealth that is based on uh, our stuff, the externals, based on our net worth. But there's also a value, a wealth, that's not based on external. There is a wealth that is based on our values. What values do you and I live by? When you live good core values, you become more valuable. Another thought I'll throw out to you, it's fascinating, good core values determine. Values will determine your priorities. They'll influence your decisions. They will drive your, your ministry, and they're always demonstrated by your behavior. I'm gonna go back in time just a few years, 1982, Tylenol, which is made by Johnson & Johnson, was the leading painkiller medicine in the United States. They held 35% of the market share. Now, 1982, there were seven mysterious deaths via poisoning within a short time in the Chicago area. Detectives put all of the details together and realized that the source of poisoning was from extra strength Tylenol purchased at five different Chicago stores. Someone had tampered with the product and laced the tablets with potassium cyanide. I'm guessing a few of you remember, this was a really, really big deal in the early 80s. What happened? CEO James Burke was faced with a major crisis and a huge decision to make. How would they communicate this threat to the general public and what action would they take in order to protect people? James Burke quickly yanked every bottle of Tylenol off the shelf in every store across America. That decision, so 1982, what is that? It's about 40 years ago, right? That decision in 1982 dollars cost Johnson & Johnson $100 million. Their market share dropped from 35% to 7%. Johnson & Johnson, CEO James Burke, then put 2,500 employees on the job of alerting the public as to what had happened. Through this aggressive communication plan, the Tylenol crisis was the headline news story for six weeks on stations all around America. Burke actually contacted the chief of every network's news division. He met with the directors of the FBI and the FDA. Other companies, other companies have demonstrated extremely poor judgment in the way that they've handled 
defective product incidents. But CEO James Burke decided to tackle the problem head on. Well, great story, John. Why in the world did you tell us that? Well, here's why. How was it that James Burke was able to make such a quick and decisive decision with hundreds of millions of dollars at stake? Well, Johnson & Johnson had established core values back when the company was formed in 1887. And I'm gonna read to you one of the core values of Johnson & Johnson that remains to this day, quote, the company is responsible first to its customers, number two to its employees, number three the community, and our fourth priority are our stockholders in that order. Well, hey, if you're first responsible to the customers, James Burke made a decision based on that core value. The result, by the end of 1983, about a year and a half later, extra strength Tylenol was back to holding 35% of the market. And in 2003, Fortune Magazine identified James Burke as one of the United States' 10 greatest CEOs. Friends, I'm telling you, when we identify core values, and it's not just something up on a wall, but we actually live them out through our decisions and through our actions, it really, really matters. And so I am grateful when, uh, when the church board and the, the district pastor for the Church of the Nazarene in Northwest Illinois, when, when they asked me if I would come and uh, help out in this interim season, I go to the website and I check out the mission. And I check out the vision and I see the core values and I ask myself, are those core values that I live out, are those core values that I buy into? And the answer is absolutely, absolutely. And so that's why I'm excited. That led me to saying yes to this opportunity to serve this church in this region. Business speaker and author Patrick Lencioni in his book, The Advantage, writes this. If an organization is tolerant of everything, it will stand for nothing. <laughs> if a family, if a family is tolerant of everything, that marriage, that home, that family will stand for nothing. Core values, core values create clarity for members and therefore core values reduce conflict because we have clarity around how we behave. We have clarity around how decisions are made. One last item I wanna share about core values. Jim Collins, in his classic book, Built to Last, this is fascinating, he found that enduring successful companies such as Johnson & Johnson adhere strictly to a fundamental set of principles that guide their behaviors and their decisions over time therefore preserving the essence of the organization. So check this out. We are in a time of transition here at Crossbridge. Identifying and living out hardcore values allows healthy, effective transitions to take place because we've identified our values, we've identified what matters 
around here. We've identified how we're gonna behave and the filter by which we're going to make decisions. All right, I wanna go into the Old Testament. Look at this young man named Daniel. Powerful example. Daniel is a teenage boy who lived out his values. And oh my goodness, what a difference it made. Daniel was living in Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah around 600 BC. His hometown is attacked and captured by an evil king from the east named uh, King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar didn't just destroy the city, he goes into the temple, he destroyed all of the religious symbols and burned the temple down. It was his way of saying, your God, your God, Yahweh, the one that you say is the true God, the creator of the heavens and earth, he is not worthy. He is done. He is gone. It gets even worse. He also sets out to destroy their future. So here's what Nebuchadnezzar does. He says to his leaders, go find the sharpest, most capable young people among the royal family, and we are going to capture them. We are going to take them back to Babylon. Your future leaders, your future influencers are going to come with us. We will indoctrinate them in Babylonian culture and in our gods for three years, and then they will become leaders in my government. So I have a little map for you. Babylon, as you can see, is 900 miles away. So think about a teenage boy who is captured and taken 900 miles away. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar tried erasing the Israelites' past. He tried to destroy their present and rob them of hope for their future. That's evil, very evil. All right, here we go. Daniel chapter one. We're gonna start with verse three. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, which by the way, isn't that just a beautiful name? Like, I don't know. If any of you have a child and you name him Ashpenaz, I mean, I, I think I'll get you a gift card at Target or something, because like Ashpenaz, this is a great name. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand. <laughs> they were bright, quick learners and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. What's Nebuchadnezzar doing? He's saying, I want these young people to speak like we speak, I want them to think like we think, and I want them to eat what we eat. Very, very strategic, intentional plan to indoctrinate these young, highly capable Israelite teenagers into the pagan, ungodly, Babylonian culture. Satan, the enemy of every human soul, uses that same pattern today. Number one, Satan will attack and pursue our young people. If he can separate, isolate, indoctrinate our children, 
our teenagers, our young adults. He can rob us of our future. This is exactly why. Oh my goodness. This is exactly why every Christian church in America, I believe, needs to do everything they can to have the very best kids and youth ministry possible. And I believe every believer in America, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we should do all that we can to engage future generations in faith communities, in living and learning God's word. (laughs) We cannot afford, we cannot afford to hang on to what we like and what we want. We must pass faith on to future generations. I just wanna throw this this example out to you. Back in uh, 2000, 21 years ago, my wife and I started a new Nazarene church in Fargo, North Dakota. And we made a very intentional, conscious decision when that church was started that if we did nothing else, we were gonna have the best nursery in town. We were a portable church, and as time went on, we added ministry up through age four, and then we added kindergarten through second grade, and then we added third through fifth grade, and then we added middle school, and eventually, over time, we we eventually got to serving high school students. We knew, we knew it would take us 20 years, but we said we were gonna have the best kids ministry and the best youth ministry in our region. We also said that one of our ministry targets was to engage the 18 to 30 year olds. And so we worked hard on that for the 19 years that we led that church. And after 19 years, our church was full. The 18 to 30 year old is missing in many, many churches all around America. And our church was full of 18 to 30 year olds. So. 2018, I I went back and I I pulled out these statistics. In one year time, 2018, 2,546 different children and teens checked into our kids and youth ministry at Prairie Heights Community Church. Do you know that our church represented the ninth largest school district in the state of North Dakota? In 2018, we had 321 volunteers in children and in youth ministry. That did not happen on accident. It happened on intention. Crossbridge, I wanna thank all of you, all of you that volunteer in children's ministry, all of you that volunteer in youth ministry. If you don't, you may wanna give it a shot, give it a try. All of you that smile and encourage our young people around here, all of you that pray for our young people, all of you that notice them and empower them and get them involved and let them know that they matter, they aren't the future of the church, they are the church today. Satan will do all that he can to distract our kids and our youth and our young adults, for if he can distract them, he can stop this Jesus movement. And number two, if Satan can twist the truth of God's word so that followers of Christ will think like he thinks, believe what he believes, and behave 
like he would want us to behave, he can destroy our marriages, our families, our cities, and our nation. Verse six, among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official actually gave them new names. To Daniel, he gave the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Teenage boys taken 900 miles from home to an ungodly, pagan, violent, evil, King Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian empire. He changes their names. Their original names all referred to Yahweh. Their new names all referred to the pagan gods of Babylon. Belteshazzar means the false god of Baal will protect the king. Shadrach and Meshach were referring to respect for and obedience to the Babylonian god of the moon, Aku. Meshach means I am a servant of the Babylonian god of wisdom, Nebo. He changed their names, tried changing their identity. What about the diet? Well, here's the deal with the diet. Here's why he said, I want you to eat what we ate. They were to eat food prepared for the king. I mean, are you kidding me? What sort of food would be prepared for the king? The very, very best and the very finest that you could find. What was wrong with that? Here's what was wrong with that. All of the food that was presented to the king, the meat, the wine, before it was presented, it was dedicated. It was blessed by pagan gods. And even though these teenagers were 900 miles from home, they had no idea what was going to happen. They chose to honor and worship Yahweh in every way possible. In their minds, to eat and drink anything that was dedicated to pagan gods would cross a line. It would compromise one of their values. It would be dishonoring and unfaithful to God. Key verse, why don't you read this out loud with me? I love this verse. One of my, it's a powerful verse. I, I, I hope this sticks with you. Not just for today or this week, but I hope it sticks with you for a long time. Read this out loud. Those of you online, those of you in uh, uh, Peru and in Ottawa, please read this out loud with me. Daniel chapter one, verse eight. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Daniel did not resist when they gave him a new name. He was like, no, I still know who I am. I know what God I worship. I know which God I follow. My name does not define me. However, honoring and worshiping God was a hardcore value for Daniel. And so he took a stand. When God's name and his character and Daniel's worship and his commitment to God would be insulted. Daniel's like, you can change my name, that doesn't define me. But I'm not insulting my Lord, my God, who's given me life and given me hope. I've drawn a line in the sand. And he resolved in the depths of his heart not to defile himself in that way. He had already predisposed, he had made a decision that that was not the path that he was gonna go down. Long before temptation came, he had already decided in his mind, nope, I'm not going there. 
I'm not going there. This is my value. This is the line that I'm choosing not to cross. <laughs> Maybe there's a line that you need to draw in the sand. Say, I'm not going there anymore. That's not who I am. Nope, that compromises my values. That's not who I am. So, here at Crossbridge, how are we going to live as a church family? Well, next week I'll be back, very excited. I'll be talking about Embrace Change. And then Pastor Mark will be sharing with you on Choose Community. I'll be back to talk about Expect Growth. Pastor Kevin then will talk about Love Unconditionally. Pastor Harold, Trust Fully. Pastor Mark, Encourage Authenticity. And then I'm super excited to close out the series the end of October with Live Missionally and Give Generously. So Daniel and these three other guys chose to eat vegetables and drink water. And I just want to go to the end of the story. Chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to, da to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Now, as the next chapters continue to unfold, God uses these three men to influence Nebuchadnezzar and demonstrate the power of God to him. And towards the end of Nebuchadnezzar, this evil, evil, vile king acknowledges Yahweh. God as king. Chapter 4, verse 34. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all of his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. <laughs> so I wrapped up uh, this, this message a couple weeks back, and I don't know, I, I usually, uh, after I write a message, I just kind of let it, I just kind of let it sit on my computer and kind of sit in my heart and sit on my mind for a few days, and, and I kind of just put it aside, and then I come back to it, and I kind of just read through it to see if anything, you know, what needs to be taken out, what needs to be added, is there anything that just stirs? And, and so I, um, I just added one thing at the end. And it's a, it's a statement that, uh, it's a statement. Here it is, you ready? Like all of you look so ready for this statement. <laughs> and those of you online, you're just like leaning into your phone or your computer. <laughs> Check this out, you ready? I think this will make sense. I, I put this out on Facebook and some people got it and some it's a little confusing, but now that you've heard the story of Daniel, I think you're gonna get this, I really do. Because I know like bear fans are like really smart people and I know we got bear fans, all right. When you and I live, friends listen, when you and I live with hardcore values, that is when your character can hold up it can stay firm and steady rather than fold up when the stakes go up. That makes sense? When you have values, that's when your character can hold up rather than fold up when the stakes go up. 
and your positive impact on others will show up. It's exactly what happened to Daniel. This teenage boy, 900 miles away. I mean, you talk about stakes. That's life or death. But because he had values, because he had values, his character was able to hold up rather than fold up when the stakes went up. And oh my goodness, did his positive impact on this world ever show up. And I believe the same exact thing is gonna happen here at Crossbridge Community Church. As we walk through these eight core values, and it's not just something up on a wall or on a brochure, it's actually how you and I do life together here at the church and out in the community. Oh my goodness. The impact on this church throughout this entire region, I believe it's gonna show up in an incredible way. So hey, Crossbridgers, let's do this, huh? Let's live these core values. Let's not just occasionally pull them out. Let's put them into practice. Let's live them. Could I say a word of prayer for all of us? God, I'm so grateful for your word. I am thankful for Daniel. What an inspiring young man. It's powerful, powerful. God, I, I don't know. I don't know what values, perhaps there's someone watching, someone in the room, Lord, that there's a value that they have held firm to and, and maybe lately it's been a little wishy-washy and maybe God today is, maybe today it's just a reminder to, to walk away, walk away from that fine line. Why are we dabbling? Why are we tippy-toeing down the sidelines? Maybe it's just time to, to walk away, Jesus, and to say, no, 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 this is who I am. I choose not to defile myself that way. I'm not going there again. So God, this is amazing church with amazing people. Oh Lord, I just pray your blessing upon each and every one. May your words sink deep within our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.